we got a load of feedback this week. Uh, we asked and you delivered. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. We probably should have been asking for more often. So um, it's feedback, or worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah. What, what was the ratio of good feedback to... <laughs> um, well, I suppose what I'd asked for originally was feedback on WordSnap. And apologies that I didn't reply to anyone. Um, I didn't want to reply to my personal email address and I didn't have access to the worst case scenario email address. But thanks so much. Uh, don't say that because they emailed you with their personal addresses. That's true. Yeah. It can't be, can't be all. Yeah. I, I just didn't know which way to do it. Should I have gone as Baz or should I have gone as that show or something like that? So do you know what? I'll reply yeah. to everyone individually soon. Um, but thanks to anyone who did ask to download the game. And we've had one or two rounds of feedback based on people who have actually downloaded it and played it and given feedback as well so it's not just a bunch we've had a bunch of people um looking to be added to the beta mm-hmm. and then we've actually had a few rounds of feedback which is great yeah it's really good and it's cool because you can see everyone installed it you know um that's that's kind of cool so you know there's a good few new people that were playing it this week so um yeah thanks so much for the feedback um i think the feedback we did get was quite good um in terms of, I felt kind of very similar. It was like, step back and kind of look at it from a player's point of view who knows nothing about the game. Um, what the hell is going on kind of thing. You know, there needs to be a little bit more instruction in there. Um, I think originally in, when we put WordSnap out, like 20 years ago, whenever it was, um, we just had a tutorial page. It was just like five different screens or something. So I might do something like that instead. Um, put something in anyway like that again. But uh, yeah, anyone that wants to be in the beta you know send your request to uh feedback at worst case scenario.e it's just ios at the moment so ipad and iphone um it will probably never be on android (laughs) (laughs) i'm one of those people unless it's sold really well and i can afford to pay someone to port it for me Mm. yeah (laughs) so i'm happy to report that uh you and me are still top in three minutes and two minutes, mm-hmm. but in, in endless, Baz, you are now third. Oh. God damn it. I actually, do you know what? I didn't even think of looking at the leaderboards, um, which is yeah. quite stupid. So um, I don't know who's in number one, but it ain't me or you. I'm also still beating you, which I'm happy about. Pause with three minutes and 36 seconds. Holy hell. Who's That's that? pretty good. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know mm-hmm. who that is, but uh, uh, pause, you are kicking ass in endless mode i hope you liked it yeah i think maybe i should put a you know more tutorials because it is difficult to figure out how to get high scores i guess in the game um because you really just have to be getting like at least a couple of four by multipliers maybe a couple of three two by multipliers and sticking them all into one word um so i need kind of more feedback on that and that's how you get all the big the big scores like that i have (laughs) but at the same time like i mean there's you know like in, you're, I think when you're thinking about doing all this sort of stuff, you're immediately going for like the coach marks and the mm-hmm. interactive stuff. And I mean, I would literally just have a button um, manual or something and just yeah, just put a uh, web view in there with a, with a text file. Like, don't yeah, don't do any more than that. And just say, you know, um, the first time it pops in, you can have a read me first or something if they want, or they can just play and they can, you know, you can have it on the high score. Just don't forget to read the manual for best tactics and just leave it at that. You know, you don't have to do interactive mm-hmm. hand holding stuff, you know? Yeah. So exp- 
expect an update <laughs> let's say mid-April. <laughs> in June. God. So I'm I, I I'm gonna be busy this week. I have a wedding at the weekend. Um and then I'm off to Boston for a week. It's like a Monday to Sunday kind of thing for work and a bit of pleasure. Um so nothing's gonna be done until and then I'm off to Ool as well for a couple of days. So nothing's going to be done for a while, but I'll be tipping away at it. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure that um, this pause character who's top of the leaderboard in Endless Mode and WordSnap is one of the beta testers from Worst Case Scenario because they set yes, the score yeah. last week. Yeah, no, yeah, it's definitely... Oh, yeah, but we don't know who it is. So we, we don't know, know who... If, they were, if there were someone we knew, we'd know who they were. Do you know what I, I mean? See. Yes. So we knew it. Yeah, so we knew it was the worst case scenario. Yeah. Um, see. So if you're listening, reveal your secrets. Yeah, that's. Hmm. Note, note that I'm not not on any of the leaderboards because I suck at word snap. <laughs> um, yeah, it's kind of good. I, I actually can't remember what the scoring is on. I think the scoring is a bit weird for endless uh mode but i might end up changing that to points into seconds or something isn't it no it's like like if you get a nine letter word you get 20 seconds but if you get an eight letter word you get like 10 or 12 seconds so like getting a nine letter word is a huge difference but that needs to be kind of clearer as well Uh, it's clear that you see it pop up in screen um how many seconds you get but maybe there can just be again another page that says okay one letter words, which I don't think you can put into it, um, is yeah, one second. It wasn't really clear to me that it wasn't based on the the points of the word as opposed to the length of it. Yes. So that's that's another thing Yeah, worth, worth fleshing out. I also wanted to put a mode into it that is each row is limited to four letters. Okay. So you have to make a four letter word and each time you make, uh, say you make a four letter word, the length of the row extends to five letters. And then up to nine. So you have to go through all of them and get up to nine letters in all of them in the quickest time. That's like them. uh, Yeah, that's like the the Counter-Strike when you have to change guns every round. Yeah, yes, yeah. So um, I was trying to do that while trying to reuse as much code as possible. And then I was like, ah, it kind of started hurting my brain a bit. So I stopped. Um, but yeah, thanks for everyone that gave the feedback, um, and hopefully we'll get some more feedback in the future. And expect, yep. yeah, you inspired me to kind of jump back in again, um, which is cool. Uh, yeah, really surprised that people actually emailed us. <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah, so it it wasn't all about uh, word snap. <laughs> <laughs> so we had an anonymous email. Now we didn't reply to it because it's uh, it was sent by a, a gorilla mail, and that deletes the mail after an hour. So I figured the chances of the person seeing an actual reply by the time we we got around to it uh, would be pointless. But if you're listening, um, so you, you found our logo unsettling. Um, <laughs> do do and, you want to read this whole whole email out? Because I think it deserves time. Yeah. I've got to find it now. Yeah, I got it. You got it. Okay. Okay. So there's no hello or dear worst case scenario and go straight (laughs) into it. There is something unsettling about the logo you use for your podcast. The beginning comment has one blank line beneath beneath it and is left justified, whereas the closing comment has no blank lines above it and is 
is flush with the text of the inverted commas comment. See, so I always have... thought it was wrong anyway, but I didn't care too much. That was the point, though, wasn't it? <laughs> like, wasn't it supposed to be? I can't like... even remember thinking back because there were so many designs that had we'd gone through. I can't remember like the reasoning. So, so this this particular comment style is what um, your man Linus Torvalds calls no, no, no. Um, <laughs> just to, to put that out there first, and we know that. But I think one, you know, it's 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 kind of in fitting with the name um, generally. Yeah. So, Thomas, do you want to talk about how that exact logo came about? As sort of worst case scenario, logo designer in chief, you mean? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Well, so uh, as the graphic design department of this podcast, I'm actually recreating it on screen um, now. So basically what I did was I typed in a C-style multi-line comment with um, and typed the words worst case scenario. And then in Xcode, I yanked up the... Um, font size to presentation large and then I just made the window smaller so the words broke in an approximately square fashion and that is it. Cool. So that is the Xcode default comment wrap that you're seeing in the logo and we all went uh yeah okay. <laughs> the thing is when we saw it we already have official worst case scenario mugs there's three of them uh, we can't be going around getting new mugs so like um yes, that's it i think it yeah. needs to stay uh the way it is yeah yeah maybe we can do it in 3d in the future or something but you know the formatting yeah. will stay the same yeah um, and just we you know we know it's bad but you know it was we need we needed something and that was it and the end sort of all the- of the options that we tried with trains crashing through buildings <laughs> didn't work out yes <laughs> Oh, bro- broken iPhones of, as well. There was a good week of broken iPhones and trains crashing through yes, buildings. Yes. Um, yeah, that just did not work Pro- out. Procrastination of actually recording an episode. Let's just design the logo instead. <laughs> That's it, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, so sorry for unsettling anybody with our logo. But mm. we will continue to unsettle as a metaphor for... Because uh, one of the things I love about this podcast... I was listening to the ask, last episode because uh, Baz... Um, I re- before now, I've rarely got to listen properly to the episodes because I edit them. But Baz, because you edited the last episode, I was able to you know listen to it properly. Uh, you know, almost a week after we recorded. Yeah. Um, so, a apologies to our listeners for being quite chunk in the last. Oh episode. my god! <laughs> I was very enthusiastic. Date of you. <laughs> but the other thing is what um, often annoys me about a lot of aspects of kind of technology you know be it blogs or podcasts or whatever is a lot of people can sometimes focus on like pretending everything's amazing and sort of oh i just did this thing and it worked and it's brilliant um and you should follow me on twitter whereas i think one of the things i like about our podcast is just we're a bit honest about things and we talk more about when things don't work and mm. And, and, I the, feel it. and the process of eventually getting it wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I feel our logo reflects that reality. So mm. unsettling or not, or not, that's the way it is. That's it. I would, I'm working on a code base at the moment. I would kill 
to have a comment like that anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it just said worst case scenario, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the less said about that, the better. <laughs> oh. did, did you so, write um, this code base? No. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the older the older I get, the less code I write. I just look at other people's and shake my head. <laughs> um, but the comment's fantastic, and no need to be shy in future. You can send in your real, yeah, real email address. <laughs> yeah, no, we're 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 grand. I'm, I'm wondering. Yeah, it, yeah, it's quite amusing. <laughs> it's great. I love it. Hmm. Um, we got a really <laughs> good um range of. Uh, requests for beta testers like we got people from the states mm. got a guy from australia that's cool yeah hello people in different countries and it's cool because yeah, I think you, like ireland is actually the minority of people who replied yeah, yeah. um so, pretty cool because cool, you, you got to go on people's websites and you know see what industry they're in like you know it's there's some some people that are doing some really cool stuff and they wrote in which is awesome um thomas did you go on a nerd holiday did i go on a nerd holiday yes i did a very temporary one and it was cool so whenever i talked to uh sort of mentioned the place that i went for a day last weekend i've had a lot of people sort of rolling their eyes um so i went yes so where I went to last weekend, I took a flight, just a short-term 24-hour trip. Um, four of us went to the Universal Studios uh, Harry Potter tour. Um, so it's just outside London. Um, and you guys would have loved it. It's amazing. Mm. Really, really cool. So they have lots of the sets there. So, you know, the Great Hall and the school. And Dave, Dave have you seen a Harry Potter film or you just read one book? What's the first part of the last double movie? The Half Blood Prince. Hallows. No, the Deathly that's Hallows. A, Deadly Hallows. Part one. Yeah, yeah. That's the only one I've seen. Okay. What the? <laughs> that must be the Sorry. strange experience. Did you enjoy it? Just grand, yeah. <laughs> I kind of knew who people were. Like this stuff, kind of pervades pop culture. You know, yeah, like, yeah. You know who these people are. Never read Harry Potter. Never. Um, it's weird, like, I always thought I was too old for Harry Potter when it came out, but you're both older than me, so I don't know what happened there. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I didn't read them until very late. I, uh, like, someone had given me every single book except the last one. That one hadn't come out, and I just read them all through one summer or something. Couldn't put them down. Well, the last one came out when we were in Vancouver, didn't it? Yeah, I stood I, I, I stood outside a kid's shop at midnight with a bunch of kids waiting for the book. <laughs> No shame. <laughs> no shame. Did someone drive by and check spoilers? There was no. He didn't even drive by. He walked around with a megaphone reading the first chapter of the book. <laughs> what an asshole that guy was. I mean, there was just a bunch of kids and me. Um, and yeah, what an asshole. <laughs> was there really just a bunch of kids and you? <laughs> there was kids' parents. I'd gone down with one of the girls. Um, I was. 24 25 she was about 22 i'd say um yeah there was a few adults there but like it was a ton of kids (laughs) so even if i hadn't read any of these books thomas or seen the movies would it have been enjoyable what is it so it's just it's it's a tour 
first of all you're not you don't just get to like run around hogwarts or nothing uh no but it's not it's not guided either so you can kind of wander around at your own pace um they just sort of massively kind of pull back the curtain on how they did all the cool stuff in the films um couple of really surprising things an awful lot of the sort of special effects were mechanical or electromechanical um they weren't sort of cg um like say a good example one of the films there's a a book about beasts and the, the book itself sort of tries to like attack you and mm. all of that was done mechanically with sort of you know rotating things inside so that was really cool um the level of detail i i will never sort of be amazed at how much films cost to make again like just the the level of detail they went into um sort of fanatical in some sense in some cases like you'd Something that you barely notice on a screen took like a team of five a month to make. Um, hmm. So, uh, yeah, it was just to, it was really cool. And the other thing was it didn't it didn't spoil it for me. Like, I guess in inverted commas, spoil the magic. Like it, um, it was more impressive rather than anything else. Yeah. I'm jealous. And do you guys feel <laughs> that the movies did the books justice like or? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, you can always be unhappy about stuff, but, you know, they're different mediums. And mm-hmm. the the series went through quite a few different directors um, who sort of all brought their own different slant on it. So some of them are better than others, but overall, you know, yeah. One, one cool thing to look at now when you get a chance later is... Look at the Warner Brothers logos from the very start of each movie. Yes. And they get darker as they go along. Uh, so they go from the really bright kind of blue background, orange, gold Warner Brothers logo to like darker and darker and darker and kind of creepier, which is kind of cool. There's a lot of detail like that in that, I guess. Cool. So yeah, definitely recommend this, um, the Warner Brothers Harry Potter studio tour. It's cool. Mm. Really cool. The shop is rubbish though. Did you get any butterbeer? Yeah, it it doesn't taste nice. Oh, I think you had some. Imagine cream soda. Do you remember cream soda? Yes. yes. Oh, American cream oh soda. Oh my God. Yes. Okay, start with that. Add butterscotch syrup. Right. And then mm-hmm. like put some creamy stuff on the top. It wasn't nice. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Do you have a sweet tooth, Thomas? No. Ah, you see... Sounds good to me already. <laughs> <laughs> sounds interesting anyway. I won't say whether it sounds good or bad, but... Mm. And my Ollie Moss prints came, my Harry Potter ones. So Thomas is getting one Finally. of them. Yeah, like when the dress was actually right, they just came instantly, which is annoying. But, uh, Did they... And you to pay for their mistake? Yes, $50. No way. Uh, Were they sorry? No, not at all. Boo. And you contacted them before they shipped, uh, and they were like, "Oh no, that's just how it works." Like, yeah, you live, you live in the United Kingdom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> boo! Oh, well, I think it was. A, I that's think it was just a, how addresses are over there. I think it was a PayPal error or something. Um, yeah. Here, you got yeah. listen. You got got listen to this, okay? I don't know if you can hear this. What's that? I have no idea. Is that a Nintendo Switch? <laughs> 
Yes. Is it? Yeah. You got one. I got it last. Good guessing. I got it last week. And being like, was that a Nintendo Switch or a gun? And one is yeah. much more plausible in this country. Um, yeah, didn't obviously tell you till I got onto the podcast. I was just like, oh, I'll talk about it now. I'm surprised. <laughs> what them calling over during the week to play my Switch? Yeah. So okay, tell us everything. What games you got? I got Zelda. <laughs> what what games? Plural. I like that. Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Indicates that there's more than one available. There's more than one. There's only two games I wanted, but I got yeah. Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is amazing. So I had a friend over actually on Sunday, and. I've been playing primarily in the undocked handheld mode, but we threw it in the dock just so the two of us could sit down and play it. And it's just that cool instant dock it. It's on the screen. Undock it. You know, you're playing straight away. Um, Game looks really, really pretty because, you know, it's not the most powerful machine. It's quite small. Um, Screen is beautiful on it. And so, like, the games look excellent on it. I also managed to pick up um, The Binding of Isaac, which is... Oh, nice. As Dave knows, probably my favorite game of all time. I have, Dave bought me a little Isaac figurine from one of my birthdays. I have um, an Isaac screen print on my wall. I've played probably four to five hundred hours of the game, I'd say. And this version is the expansions I hadn't played before. So there's about 600 hours of game um, in there to complete it. Oh my god! Also, well, I know you probably have it on the PS4 or something, do you? Or? Mm, yeah, I, I, compl- I completed so, the version like, on the PS4 that I had. Yeah, because I love it with a joystick, and I hate I hate playing it on the keyboard. Yeah, I preferred um, it on keyboard. I was, um, but controllers aren't too bad. Keyboard is definitely better. I think it's more accurate. Yeah, it's more it's more precise. Like, but more precise. Yeah, I just it, it's just that that kind of game where I feel I'd play it more with a with a joypad. Um, yeah, and I actually set up I set up the Xbox USB controller and all to to work with it, which really didn't work. Um, yes, this is yeah. back when it was still written in Flash before Flash, it was written. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, cool. It's so it's nice. It, um, is it is it definitely a 3DS replacement as well? Like, is it? Do you feel for, for me? It's what a. What does it feel like to you? Yeah, it feels like a Vita replacement. Okay. Um, yeah, it definitely feels like this is the handheld because I used to play Isaac on Davida. And what's cool about this is that game was only 30 frames a second because of the hardware. This game is 60 frames a second um, on the hardware, oh. and which is lovely. And like, I really, the game. Bigger screen? Bigger screen. But like, the game yeah. really pushes hardware to limits because there's synergies in the game. Basically, you, you pick up tons of items and like one of the things I had in it was you get these familiars these are people who follow you around or little monsters who follow you around but you can duplicate them with one of the characters so I had about 50 of these guys on screen all of them shooting I must send you guys on a photo um, and no lag at all you know 60 frames a second all running perfectly um, it's the kind of game that crashes PCs and stuff like that so I was very very impressed at how it handled um, that game and oh, it's, it's a beautiful thing Switch is lovely. <laughs> so I know there's a lot of issues that people are having, but I haven't had any, probably because I'm playing in handheld mode a lot. But um, yeah, I knew I couldn't resist not getting one. <laughs> yeah, I knew as well. I, I just knew that that's why, like, when I heard that, I was like, he he, he bought a Switch. Switch. Um, um, and 
how so what else is out there in physical games that I can actually go and buy in a shop first of all um, and second of all online downloadables like I assume Binding of Isaac was so there is a physical Isaac in the States which I'm kind of jealous of because it comes with a manual which games don't come with manuals anymore and it looks like the um, very first Zelda NES manual mm-hmm. and also has a lot of stickers you were going to America sometime soon yeah right? I should have I pre-ordered one but um, <laughs> it was kind of the annoying thing about the developers of Isaac are they really fuck over Europe a lot um with their games like games don't come out in europe till like a year afterwards so i was very sure that it wasn't coming out on the european store and they're just they're just they're really bad at communicating like you'll you'll message developers not that i did but people were i was looking at it and they're like is it coming to europe digital store i don't see anything they never replied and so the day of the release which is paddy's day it wasn't um so I just end up having to go to like Play Asia buy fifty dollar, fifty dollars a credit, create a US account on the Switch, uh, sign in with that to download the game. So that was a bollocks. Um, oh, okay, so you're still doing all that sort of. Yeah, there's sometimes we. It's just it's that's more of a developer thing. That's not a Nintendo thing, really. Um, in terms of other, physical- I'm surprised. Yeah, because like I mean, I know for the PlayStation that each each. Uh, region with Sony is a different company and you have to do different QA for each region isn't that the yes. way that used to be and this um, story is and like, like... Yeah, sorry go on no and just do we know what it's like with Nintendo um, like the the stores are region free so there's nothing stopping me downloading the game onto the thing signing into my other account the same thing on PS4 um, it happens right. but I think it's just sometimes people just don't release games in certain countries um but yeah, it's 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 it was just a bit of a pain because, you know, you kind of have to go through a few hoops. And when the developers just don't respond to fans of the game and kind of go, look, it's it's just going to be a couple of extra weeks, you know. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. You guys got yeah, I'll definitely have to get you over to play it. Um, I'll try and get some a multiplayer game or something like that that we can play on it. Um, because I've really got to test out the two people using a controller each so the controllers pop out the side the little dinky things and yeah and are you i kind of read people talking about pro controllers mm. is is that something that is of interest to you what would it what are they and what would it's so if i pop out the two controllers on the side i have a another physical controller that they can fit into um, but the Pro Controller is just a more improved controller. It's got probably longer battery on it, um, fits better in the hands and stuff like that. It'll be more comfortable to play for, for longer with, it's, I believe. Um, but it's like 70 quid. If I was playing a lot more on the TV, um, I would consider getting it. But at the moment, I'm kind of okay without it, you know? Um, and... Dave, what what do you make of all this? You never got your PS4 in the end, so you're still sort of due a gaming device. Yeah, I just don't have the time, and I just it's just there's there's a lot of other things that I could spend four hundred euro on that would <laughs> potentially get me drunker. Um, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, just um, I don't know. I just I I just don't 
don't feel like that's what I should be devoting my time to, despite really wanting to be devoting my time to. <laughs> and um, as we mentioned, I think we talked about this briefly before on previous episodes, the fact that it's handheld and, you know, you've got a young baby, would this sort of perhaps offer more opportunities than, say, a console connected to your telly? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, like, as it is, like, you know, we, we didn't have a lot of stuff before we we moved and all that um so like there isn't even really another tv to use in the house so apart from there's you know there's a small one in the kitchen and there's one the in the sitting room like but like if i wanted to use it upstairs or you know somewhere that um you know was kind of out of sight or whatever uh to necessitate buying a tv as well so Mm -hmm. things start getting things start getting expensive and the switch would make it very attractive i could like play it in the car in the morning while i'm sitting in the car park before i go into work instead of you know like going getting a coffee or something and be like ah quick (laughs) run out and be antisocial and play video games um yeah and even you know just playing for a few minutes a few minutes like but you know you could play it in bed for a few minutes before you went to sleep and baz you get the bus to work Mm, no Uh, i wouldn't play it on the i wouldn't play it on the bus really why not uh Afraid, I don't know. Have you seen Binding of Isaac as well? I, 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 it shows that you can pick up women by playing your Switch on the bus, Beth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Um, well, no, I'd be, I'd be good. I'd like, you know, it, it, I'll just be playing at home kind of in the evenings. It's a great, as Dave said, like it's it's great because it's a start-stop kind of machine. You just put it down, you can pick it up, play it, take off where you left off. Um, but, yeah. Actually, I think Binding of Isaac is actually one of the bigger things it's overlooked not the fact that it's the binding of isaac but this is not a child-friendly game this no. is not a family-friendly game and that no. marks a big departure for nintendo like i mean you're playing i don't, I don't, even, don't even know how to describe it but like you're you're playing a naked child who shoots his tears at monsters in his monsters basement. and all the monsters are him basically and his mother is trying to kill him oh. <laughs> So. That's a bit dark. It's, oh, it's super fucking bit. dark. Yeah. Um, it's like it's super like anti-religion uh, kind of thing. And yeah, kind of just huge religious themes in it. Um, cool. And it's one of your favorite games ever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a really good game because each time you play it, it's randomly generated. So there are huge amounts of different goals that you have in the game of what you want to do, where you want to go. The items you pick up is a kind of, there's a huge strategy in it of what items you pick up, what items you take with you, um, what stuff you leave behind. You get money in it. How do you spend your money? Do you spend on, or do you save it? And, you know, there's strategy even in skill in it because the better you are at it, the better the rewards are. Um, and there's like a whole time-based thing as well that getting through it in a quick enough time, um, again, leads to more areas and more secrets and stuff like that. The game is just, it's incredible. Um, people make a living out of playing it just on YouTube, like, because people love watching it as well. <laughs> so uh, another Switch question then, like you said, you're flying to the States soon. Would you Oh yeah, envision... bring Right, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> definitely i'll have it for the the flight and stuff like that so it's usb battery uh battery's okay it's like 
I'd say it's about three hours in Zelda. Um, it might be more nice because it's a 2D game. Um, but it's USB-C charged. But I believe, oh. I believe like a lot of people were like plugging it into laptops and it was char- the laptop was charging from it rather than the other way around um i think that was just one of the new macbooks but people are finding it hard to get a battery pack that will charge it properly or sufficiently um so that could be something you can look at yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's quite cool i heard i was at a party actually last night and i was talking about it um and one of the guys there it was like geez i might sell my ps4 <laughs> But I told him not to. Yeah, <laughs> give him my number. So, <laughs> I guess my question is for Nintendo: Is this another Wii, or is this another mm. Wii U in terms of like potential success? It's it's neither, but it is. It's an N sixty four GameCube, I think. In yes. terms of what they're going for, it's not. It's no longer a kid's motion control thing. And they've increased um, production. So they're looking to sell, I think, is it 12 million in the next quarter? Which is huge numbers for them. Um, I'm not sure if it's for this year or this quarter, but uh, those are big numbers. And I'm just Googling now, like... Because, like, the PlayStation 4 has about 50 million sold in the the last few years. Wow, okay. So... And, like, they're they're never going to sell as much as... Oh, I don't know. People just really seem to be into it at the moment, which is really good. So, um, I probably shouldn't get one. No, as you said, you like racing games. So, you should get a PS4 or okay. PC. Yeah. And can you, me and Dave, when Mario Kart comes out, can you, yeah. me and Dave play it? Or do we need to get a No, third? we could actually, I think we can all play four player split screen on the the one small screen wow um you'd need a we'd need another controller but okay yeah even if we had two two uh just the two joy cons we could probably all play in the one screen um which would be kind of cool and how much is a not a pro controller but a um i think they're about the 70 range as well wow okay so it's not exactly a straightforward uh purchase then no, there's a bit of technology, I guess, in the um, in the Joy Cons, the detachable ones. You know, there's an IR sensor. There's this 3D rumble. Um, there's wireless in both of them, um, and gyroscopes and all that kind of crap. <laughs> How long until VR helmets come out so that you can strap the switch to your face? Yeah, I think I'm not too sure there was discussion <laughs> on that, but yeah, it wouldn't be very powerful. It wouldn't look very good. I'm so glad you bought something, Baz. There was a, a <laughs> couple was, of weeks was, of me not buying something. Weeks, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Christ. I'm, I'm actually the worst person ever. Like, we, we, we I, would, did, I, I did just get a bonus in work, so um, I immediately just spent it on that. I think if I hadn't got it, I wouldn't have. We'd almost, I think, run out of things to talk about. We'd have to come back to the would, like, podcast if you stopped buying stuff. Sh- just change it to shit by Baz buys or something. <laughs> <sighs> Anyway, I don't regret this purchase. I don't regret any of my purchases. Yeah, damn yeah, right. So, yeah. <laughs> With that attitude, you're just going to keep buying things. I know. <laughs> I, I, yeah. What's next? I, for me to buy. Okay, what, what's the thing on the list which right now you think you're not going to buy because it'd be too extravagant? 
Be too extravagant. Like, because you kind of said that about the Switch, right? That, like, uh, you know, you I think, that I, I, I think the problem was that it's really good. If it was shit, <laughs> it would have helped so much more. I would have just been like, no, I'm glad it's crap. Because um, that's the way it was with the, the Wii U. I was just like, no, I mean, there's no appeal for me for the Wii U. Um, and it is pretty much that case. If it is something, I just like, no. Um, but yeah, okay. I was really impressed with this. <laughs> or, or to put the question another way, what's the next thing that you're hoping is crap so you won't want to buy it? Houses. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. What's coming out? Um, maybe a... Oh, yeah. The iPad. I'd always wanted an iPad. But like... Have you never had one? You never had an iPad? I've never had an iPad. Um, we have one in work. Um, I've always had like work ones or, you know... To kind of use for uh, development, but how how new is your work iPad? Uh, Mini four, very new. Okay, um, but I guess the newer ones we don't know what they're going to be like. Jeez, they should be out pretty soon. Um, but I don't know. It, the event it, is in April, isn't it? Supposedly, anyway. Yeah. Um, if 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 they came out with like a brand new. As I always said, all I want on an iPad is like a new OS, you know, a decent OS for proper, like, for properly doing stuff on it. Um, at the moment, it's just a big uh, iPhone, really, like, still. I know there's split view stuff. So, like, things have come on. Um, so I oh, come on. <laughs> posted, uh, I sent you guys a video yesterday, I think. Um, mm. I just implemented... Um, split view in an app i was prototyping yeah i'm addicted to uh, split view i get really annoyed when that apps don't uh support it now Mm -hmm. um i still think it's it's lacking a lot though yeah but right to play devil's advocate so i because this is relevant to me so i'm gonna send to you guys before i'm really thinking of selling my macbook pro um and I'm slowly pimping my Mac Mini that I mm. have in the office. So I have two monitors on it. I just put in a half terabyte SSD. I finally have eight gigs more of RAM that'll throw me up to 10 gigs. Um, and I guess what I'm experimenting with is using the iPad downstairs and then just having my Mac in my office. And I think some of the limitations that the iPad has compared to the Mac are actually, in some ways you can look at them as positive, um, I guess, positive shortcomings in that they make for a more relaxed studio, um, a more relaxed computing experience because you've just less options. If, 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 if you could torrent on an iPad, I would replace my Mac mini with the iPad. If it could torrent on the iPad, uh, I can record the podcast on it, right? Yeah. Can I edit podcasts on it? Um, no, although there is an app um, I've been wanting to try, which actually looks um, it looks impressive. I'll drag out the name for you now. It's called Ferrite. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. It, kind of, it does um, some of the strip silence stuff. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, because I mean, logic but you're right. Like it's not. It's amazing. It's not quite there for stuff like that. Yes. So, like, I need to keep the Mac just for, I guess, a couple of small things like that. Um, yeah, I could see myself definitely replacing. But anyway, to answer you, if the the, the new iPad was significantly better you know there would be that'd be kind of something i would like i've been always holding off on ipads never ever bought one um if you were to get an ipad what size would you get would you go for 12 and no this the idea of this new 9.7 full screen one yes. sounds awesome that sounds badass but then are bezels good on ipad do you know like you can hold the side of them i don't know your hand's gonna be over the screen too much you're just me holding it from behind any rumors about whether this new iPad is going to support Force Touch? Because it, it sounds like you guys are pretty addicted to Force Touch and you would find using any, uh, I suppose, uh, a touchscreen device that didn't have Force Touch is a bit of a retrograde step. Would that be fair? It would annoy me, yeah. Yeah, it would annoy me a lot. Even though, it, like, literally, I'd say my biggest use of Force Touch is changing the brightness on the torch. And, oh uh, wow how, and, how often do you use the torch that depends do you know baby stuff at night you can't be turning on the full lights uh, because yes. then do you know it's crying happens um but now thanks to force touch and the iphone 7 i can now change the brightness of the torch on the iphone as well yes low for, for, for me it's the pop and peak uh for reddit and twitter and stuff like that because yeah, half good. the times it's just memes or something that you know you quickly want to pop into something or quickly pop up a story and read it and kind of go this is for me this isn't for me and then kind of jump into it um that, that's where i use it constantly uh twitter and tw- twitter and reddit uh narwhal app sorry that i use uh, and were one of you saying something about text selection that yes it's amazing editing text oh, yeah. is so good because you just you force touch on the keyboard and when you're doing that it's like you're moving a mouse around the cursor moves around and then if you do an extra level of touch you can select and highlight text really quickly that sounds like a killer feature for me because um text selection on ios is an absolute pain and it yeah, splits- yeah I, I think you can do the same thing with two fingers on the ipad I could yes be wrong. you can yeah yeah um so you know it's not something that I'd be totally missing out on. Do you get um, haptic feedback then when you're selecting? No. Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. Do you? With the text, no. Um, but through you touch in general, yeah, you get. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, you know, like it's happening, kind of stuff like that. It's kind of good, and like all the keys then on the keyboards, they all um, they lose the their text. Yeah, that's that's an essential. Like, because you know when you tap on, like you tap onto, when you're you're typing on iOS, you tap onto a word because you want to kind of. You want to edit it, but, you know, sometimes the cursor is to the right of the space instead of the left of the space. And then you have to, like, try and hit it just just so. Um, yeah. Gets rid of all that stuff. You're missing out, Thomas. <laughs> yeah. So one of the final, just, um, I was testing out this evening. One of the final things I want to decide before maybe thinking about selling my laptop is... Um, Occasionally, I'll want to use my Mac downstairs, like say if there's somebody sleeping in the spare room or something. So not a regular thing, but I just like in a bind, 
I might want a Mac device downstairs for some reason or not. So positive news is from my kitchen table, my trackpad works with the Mac. Cool. Over Bluetooth. Um, Unfortunately, I know I only tried one VNC client, but the VNC client I tried. Now, to be fair, I guess this is a a logical thing for it to do, but the VNC server on Mac OS presents my dual screens in the arrangement that I Mm. have them in as one screen in VNC. So it's really hard to see anything. And my screens are in an L shape. So I have a a Dell monitor rotated 90 degrees in portrait. And then I have an Acer um, in landscape. Um, So if I could get that sorted, then the logic is, is that I just VNC into my Mac if I wanted Mm. to use it. But I'm so glad the trackpad works because um, it's really annoying. Like... Surely you wouldn't take Apple, because I was actually looking at Chromebooks going, oh my God, maybe I need to replace my MacBook Pro with a crappy Chromebook just so I can VNC into my Mac and use uh, a trackpad. But if they, if Apple allowed Bluetooth mice to pair with the iPad, then it'd be a perfect like remote desktop machine as well. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. So like Bluetooth mice, definitely not to work with iOS, but just to that VNC apps could pass through the mouse cursor. Yeah. Just um, want to bring people's attention to maybe a little known feature of Mac OS and um, messages, because this is something that I've actually been using a lot, um, helping uh, family members with their with their programming and. If you go to the person in iMessage on the Mac um, and then you hit, um, let's see, you hit details. Um, Doing this right Down next now. to their name, you have phone and you FaceTime and then you have the little screen sharing button. So you can screen share directly from inside iMessages. Mm. It does all the hooking up the connection. Once you're in iMessage with someone, you press that button and you're screen sharing in like two seconds flat. Myself and Thomas use it quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. But um, just how how there's no setup if you're already, you know, that's it. I'm now looking at Thomas's setup and I get the two screens smushed into one. Cool. Um, the same way. Cool. So pretty cool. So I just wonder, is that more, you know, is that something... Um, more people don't know about because I, I it really I I is it hidden isn't it like it's not sort of obvious at all no and if it's not if it doesn't work god help you you know if it works it's fine but like you know having someone at the other end and you'll be like no now reboot it okay now now sign out of iCloud sign back in you know um if it doesn't work it's like any other thing apple like you know but if it works it's it's brilliant and i'm pretty sure that uses just vanilla vnc as well um, yeah, it's just the you can launch the screen viewer app separately, but the only thing iMessage does is actually sets up the the connection and negotiates for for using your actual, Apple ID to set up the connection. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I often um, I have a desktop at work, and so I often launch the screen sharing app 
uh, downstairs manually. I have this really hacky. So in work, um, our desks are upstairs and downstairs is a TV connected to an um, an Apple TV connected to just a 32 inch widescreen TV that we use for presentations. And there's a very old iMac downstairs. So I often use the iMac downstairs to screen share to my Mac upstairs and then AirPlay my video of my Mac upstairs onto the Apple TV that's also downstairs, which sounds all really convoluted, but works most How of the many time. times you used to go up or downstairs to start something? <laughs> it's, it's actually so do you, pretty seamless, as long as I can remember. Yeah, no, it, it's fine. I just need to remember my IP address. That's the only thing. So, uh, yeah, um, works surprise, surprisingly little lag, considering it's going upstairs and downstairs again. So, yeah top tips oh yeah that's 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 what you're listening for lads um so uh apple actually this is something that might come in handy for baz as well they've added a permanent indie game section to the app store no way yeah so promote the huge range of uh games made by smaller developers and it'll be there indefinitely to help users discover new titles so they have a few titles as well. There's like our 25 favorite indie games, indie game debuts, newly discovered indies. And Dave, how, how indie do they look? If that's not a stupid thing to say. Um, so fairly indie, like we have uh, Super Hexagon, which is Terry Kavanagh, um, very indie. Um, you have Cannibalt, uh, like that That was indie, I'm sure it still is, but I'm sure that those those guys are rolling in a tiny wings trees monument valley um so yeah indie games um essentially meaning games that aren't made by gigantic publishers yeah cool speaking of indie uh games i did some very belated homework last night okay so baz and i can't belated pretty belated i cannot remember how it might have been 10 episodes ago Baz suggested um, that I watch a documentary about... Um, Indie Game the Movie? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I do listen to you and I had it in the back of my mind and I was home alone last night and I said, I'll see if that's on the Netflix. And it was. So I... Um, yeah, I watched it. Yeah, what you think? Yeah, super good. I guess... We haven't talked about Apple's stupid reality show yet. Um, yeah, we'll wait till it comes out and then we'll lambast it. Yeah. Yeah, how awful it will be. But I suppose while still being kind of interesting as a documentary, I felt it was pretty good at sort of capturing some of the realities of developing indie software. Mm-hmm. That's strive for perfection, I think, at times. It, it's, I suppose there's three different... Three different companies? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so you have Team Meat, who did Super Meat Boy, and one half of them, which um, Tommy Refnes, which make, or makes uh, the... Uh, no, Ed, Ed McMillan, which makes uh, Binding of Isaac. Then you had yeah. Phil Fish from uh, Fez, and then you had Jonathan Blow from more recently The Witness, but previous to that, then Braid. Yeah, so it's after development and a game has been shipped, um, a game about to be shipped, and a game that's still in development. And 
won't be shipped for so that's the kind of the three different areas that each of these people are in and they're, they're kind of reflecting on their experiences they're all really sound guys i thought like they, it's, it's 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 disputable i guess about phil fish he can be a bit of an asshole really because it came across did quite you not take well. that route? i thought it came quite came across quite well in the documentary so what you should do is look up uh fez 2 and phil fish <laughs> he exploded one time on the internet no i mean i always defended him i liked phil fish but i mean he is jarring at times um and people love to hate him and like he cancelled fez too because the internet wow so he, he rage quit a sequel basically yeah wow yep. Yep. he did put out a vr game recently he's not finished making games but. so I th- yeah it felt realistic it felt like it didn't sugarcoat the process into something that sort of, oh, this is really easy, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I thought I really, really enjoyed it. I felt like I'm obviously not an indie game developer, but it it felt authentic. Yeah, and I suppose it's, yeah, I suppose it's lots of different things. But it's it, the sadness, I think, from... Jonathan Blow's one is, is is tough. That he, I don't think he, I don't think people get him, you know, and people don't get his games the way he wants people to get them. Um, because he's quite an intense sort of guy. Um, he is, yeah, I, super intense. I, and I guess so. When you say people don't get his games, is he sort of quite conceptual in some of his? Like, I don't know. Like, there's that video of Soldier Boy playing the game, and he's just like they show it in it, and you know, it's just like, oh, this guy, you can hit this button yes. and whatever. But like, he's, is that guy he, called he Soldier Boy? Time. Soldier Boy, yeah, he's a rapper. That's amazing. Um, he seemed to be having yeah, so much fun. He, yeah, but you could tell that's not the kind of reaction that Jonathan Blow wanted. Even though this he, guy he was having he wasn't super appreciating fun, appreciating the emotional depth of the game, he was <laughs> yes. appreciating a surface level mechanic of "oh, this guy can go backwards." It wasn't like "oh yeah. my god, this is heartbreaking." <laughs> I'm so moved by the, you know, the the layers of you know, yeah. Um, and he's then follow like, on um, Twitter, actually, Jonathan Blow. Oh, not he's writing his own. He's writing his own um, compiler at the moment. Um, and he's always like live streaming it and doing Q and A's on it and stuff wow. like that. Um, yeah, I think it's a fantastic movie. Um, I really like one of my my favorite parts of it is um, just that kind of I think is the aftermath of launching Super Meat Boy. Mm. Um, when know, it's going just, live that day, like it, yeah, that just the, the feeling like you can feel the the tension and the you yeah. know it's 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 really really good. There's a follow up as well that is on that's on Netflix as well, and it has the interviews extended, so it's mm. it's um kind of like an unedited version. Okay, and if they make reference if they make reference to something, it then goes off and shows that full video uninterrupted. So it's it's a lot longer, but there's a lot more context provided to, oh. to some of the the background. I must watch that because I know sure there is there's a separate interview with Edmund Macmillan. Um, about Binding of Isaac that was shot at that time. Um, that's on YouTube. Um, they don't go into it. So, so wait a sec. This game, Binding of Isaac, that you like with the mm-hmm. kid who so kills... So Ed- Edmund McMillan with the, the sideburns in the movie? Yes. Yeah, he made Binding of Isaac. Oh, uh, cool. Okay. Mm. I'm starting to get so, into this stuff. 
<laughs> definitely check out his interview about isaac um, on youtube from so it's like a just i suppose an extra part from that movie you i think you you got it when you bought the movie on steam or something so does it feel today given dave's point about the new indie game section in the app store which for example didn't exist when you guys had a game in the app store um do you think it's becoming easier or more difficult to be an indie game it was, developer it was only indie games back then <laughs> <laughs> all games there was no indie. big all games were indie on EA the ios second day. Huge, there were tenor piece when this at the start and they were all ea games i suppose they were like that tetris was, and stuff like that that was the start of it like i mean they're all they're all you know they weren't triple a games but they weren't indie no. by any stretch the indie True. game came after um the race to the bottom I think um, I don't think um, it'll make it any easier. I don't know. I, I think it's like all things these days. You need a platform and you need money. I think just you mm-hmm. know, I think at this stage, like let's say let's take uh Terry Kavanaugh. He has enough fans and enough of a following from the stuff that he's been grinding away at for years, putting out quality stuff, that if he puts something out in the app store, people will buy it because they know who he is and they know that he makes good games. Is he if, one of us? Is he Irish? He's he yeah, yeah. he is Irish. Yeah. Oh cool. Yeah, he lives in, he's uh, over Cambridge? in Cambridge or something. Yeah. At the um, moment. So um yeah, and I think that if you you know, if you have that platform or something, it probably makes it easy. But I mean th- again, like that's not easy, like you know, I mean you know, there was years of years of struggle there to mm. get where where he is and to, to get any success that he gets is so well deserved, you know. Um, yeah. I would definitely recommend checking out all his games as well, like uh, Don't Look Behind or whatever it was. Some of his Flash games are brilliant. Yeah, and the letter V five times or whatever V V V is a really good, an amazing platformer. Um, and I'd hope that that makes an appearance on something. I got it for the 3DS as well. Actually, that was one of my one of my purchases on the 3DS. <laughs> um, <laughs> as well as on every other platform ever that it came out on. Um, I just think it's about, if you start an indie game, if you start, if you come out with a game today, I think the same things apply. Like, we have a podcast here. We have listeners. How do we have those listeners? How are we going to grow our listeners? And it's the exact same thing with the games. I think it's it's so easy to just go, well, nothing's happening, and to to quit or to pull out of whatever project it is. And I think you just have to keep making it. If game one uh, didn't make you a million, great. Game two, game three, game four. You have to want it. There's no kind of, oh, I'm just a part-time indie. I'm a, a, you know, dabbling or anything like that. If you want to be it, I think you have to commit. You have to you have to go in 100%. I'm c- and then I'll give you 95%. Fail. Yeah. <laughs> I am curious that I'm just looking through Apple's um, featured indie games here. It's quite interesting that Almost all of them are paid up front. Yeah. Uh, which is good, I think, because ultimately, I think that's the most, well, I know the market has changed, but I do think paid up front is a good model for the developer, right? Um, oh, yeah. If, if you can get it. So, and it seems like, well, either Apple are particularly choosing to highlight paid up front games, or, or maybe you can get away with it if you are a sort of a prominent indie game developer, but whatever the reason, like, it's kind of cool that Apple are promoting 
these uh, sort of paid up front games that are done by indie developers. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. I hope they're doing well. Uh, have you guys any th- recommendations for me based on Apple's featured list? Uh, device 6. Oh my god. Yes. This looks like... Uh, oh no, I have that. I oh, think. Check out their other game, Yearwalk. That's the one with the yeah. the, the um the, the, the super scary man. Uh, goes uh so, um diagonal, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. device six? Device six. Uh, there's a good one called uh, Blackout, um, which is correspondence between or sorry, Black Bar. Sorry, correspondence between. Uh, I guess a person that's working in like a army military place, <laughs> but like the, the messages that are being sent to the other person uh, just have like black bars through them, you know, like uh, clearing out different parts of the text. So you have to fill in what you the word is in the black bar um, to proceed and then it has like this whole story. So that's definitely one I would recommend. I'm not too sure if it's on that list. It isn't, no. It isn't. Um, okay. I was talking to somebody who'd listened to uh, episode 35 the other day and heartily seconded uh, Baz's recommendation for the Stanley parable, which mm. I haven't got around to. So, uh, and they also made the point that it's a game you can kind of pick up and put down. You know, it's not something you have to sort of play for, pick it up and pay, play for hours and end. So... I, Where is this Indies thing on the page? So I'm looking at it in um, iTunes and the Mac. Yeah, it, I have that. Um, so yeah, it's one of their... Oh, Celebrated Indies? Yeah, so it's kind of nice. Like they, looks like they put some um, time into it. Oh, uh, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery. Uh, definitely recommend that game. It has one of the best soundtracks ever in a video game. But the way that the game works is it's based on the phases of the moon. So while you can manipulate the moon in the game, I was sitting down one night and I was looking out my window. This is in an old apartment and it was a full moon. And I went, oh, tonight, I can play tonight, I can play tonight. So I actually picked up the game and there was a part of the game that I couldn't do until the moon was full in real life. Um, So that was one of the coolest video game experience I think I've ever had. Um, and so I'd recommend that game. Uh, Transistor's good. Framed is amazing. Severed is amazing. Uh, Machinarium. All these games. Lovely. Oh, the one the one thing I will recommend, definitely recommend, that you like, Thomas, is Her Story. Oh, that the kind of app icon is a uh, photograph the girl, of a woman. The yeah. Face. That would be my recommendation this week. Um, Her Story, definitely. Oh, it's you're unraveling a mystery uh, through FMVs, which is like full motion videos um, on a computer in the 90s. Dave and Baz, <laughs> are there any games on that list that you don't recognize or you never heard of? Um, no. Some. Um, there's there's one or two like that, that I might, but I'd say like I know 90% of them. I probably own 90% yeah. of them. Does it Same. look to you like a good list? Yeah, there's some fantastic Yeah, but games it, there. it does very little to... I would imagine that every game on this list is already very successful. Like, yes, I'd be, surpri- I'd be surprised. Like, it's indie, but it's not little known or anything. Like, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, threes, like, that, they're... Even I've heard they're indie, of that. But, 
Yeah, they're indie, but you know, they're probably in Monument Valley. Like, I mean, we know they made millions. Yeah. yeah. And the room is on it, which is hugely promoted. Framed is always winning awards. Um, okay. I don't. So it, it yeah. sounds like they. It's good that they're doing this, but there's maybe a supplementary piece of work and maybe highlighting some less well-known games like it's interesting that you guys had to really search for games that you hadn't heard of before whereas actually you know like the whole point of having editors picks is to show you stuff that you mightn't have or you know it's about Mm -hmm. improving discoverability right and yeah and every single game on that list is polished every single game on that list is tuned it's you know like there's nothing janky yeah there's nothing on this that is that's just slapped together and thrown up here like not that that's what indie means but you know they're 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 all there's certain expectations that you don't need in certain games like yeah oh i might get oxen free i think i might buy that Mm. i've been waiting for that for a while um back to the switch briefly is what's the sort of any news on how good the Switch is for supporting indie game developers? Um, yeah, like, what do they call it? Nintendi? Nin- oh, Nintendo have the word. The Binding of Isaac is actually on it in the first place is a, True. a very good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's going to be, uh, they announced like 60 indie games. I can't even, I can't remember the number, but there's, yeah, there's, there's very good support for indie games. Um, I think Davida did quite well from indie games as well. And but um, say you woke up tomorrow and decided, oh, I want to go back to being a games developer and I want to develop for the <laughs> Switch. Like, I'd hope you'd say no, Baz. <laughs> <laughs> but like, practically, like, what would that involve, like, money and time wise? So, They've been very good, actually, with indie developers. Um, I believe that the indie development kit is like only $500, which is nothing, really, because in kits from like Nintendo before, I think we're more in the five ten thousand 10,000 region. Okay. And so this is... you needed to have like a secure room and stuff like that that was keypad locked and... Cameras, yeah. everything, yeah. Cameras, Owners, yeah. responsibilities to get your hands on a dev kit, like. Yeah. Just from Nintendo, theirs was harsher. We we had friends that had to were trying to go through it at the time. They were just like, no, there was too many rules. So Sony were pretty good, me. I remember, back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sony were, Sony were exceptionally, yeah. yeah I talked to some uh, somebody, though, who uh, had a PlayStation, I can't remember which version, but developer. And psp thing but like they had to do all the safe thing and the alarm thing and stuff okay it's pretty heavy um okay but i believe at that time that sony were very very good to them and kind of giving them a lot of support and direction Mm. and stuff like that i think we're talking about the same person so (laughs) but but summary is that like kind of this would then be possible for you like kind of or oh yeah yeah if if someone was interested in it um, it could be quite possible. Yeah. Like, because that 500 would get you hardware that you could start writing stuff, yeah? Yeah. And presumably, yeah. It, like, something like Unity supports the Switch. I don't know, but probably. <laughs> Maybe. But you have some framework <laughs> to get going on. There must be yeah. something, yeah. Even if it's Nintendo's own one or whatever. Cool. Cool. 
very video game podcast. <laughs> Keep wondering whether so, I will I actually turn into a gamer after all this. Maybe not. Mm. Well, I mean, you are like you you're playing Firewatch. Yeah, I just play you stuff play that you tell me to. I'm less of a gamer, how, or more of a Baz acolyte. But that's 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 fun, though, isn't it? It's like <laughs> I, I I welcome my new overlords. Yeah, yeah, we did talk about my cult in the last yeah. episode, um, but that's just like movies, music, right? You recommend a TV show, music to people, and they go away and watch it, and then they come back with their good, bad, or whatever. Um, cool. But sometimes, yeah, I think I get very passionate about recommending video games to people. <laughs> so there have been a lot of recommendations in this uh, episode. Have we time for three more? Well, things that are making us happy anyway. I don't recommend doing what I do to make yourself happy, but sure. <laughs> hmm. Why not? I'm actually going to recommend a feckin' video game. Do. Um, Go on. Go on. We played... There is um, the Jackbox Collection. There used to be a game on PC back in the day called You Don't Know Jack. Um, uh, yeah. Yes, I even played that. Th- yeah, so there's three new versions of this game out, and at the moment one and two are on the playstation for like eight dollars like 80 percent off or something like that but the games are really cool because what happens is you start the game so say one of the games is fibbage and there's a lot of drawing games and stuff like this but how it works is it gives you um a code a four letter code and tells you to go onto jackbox.tv on your mobile phone uh input the code and then you all join a lobby so when the questions come up on screen, you input your answers or your drawings on your phone. So it's kind of instant then, like, you know, everyone at the same time gets instructions on their phone what to do. And um, yeah, you just kind of type in, but the game is hilarious. Uh, it's one of the funniest games I've played in a long time. Um, definitely a really good party game. If you're going to have four people over, um in your house i would definitely recommend playing this game there's so many funny kind of things in it and you're just all trying to like screw each other over a lot of times um or just be offensive um funny uh that kind of stuff definitely that's a good time man (laughs) so that's the jackbox party pack three is it or uh yeah so we played one two three uh one and two are on sale on ps uh, playstation network at the moment i'm not too sure by the time this podcast comes out what yeah so they're on um apple tv as well just to to let you know so are they yeah yeah well um three anyway so i don't know about the other ones but (laughs) three is very good yeah and it's 24.99 on the Apple TV at the moment. Yeah, it's it's, pricey. it's fun. If but, you're yeah. ever going to have people over, yeah, um, it's a fun time, especially with some booze. <laughs> yeah, and Party Pack That's 2 me. was there and Fibbage and Quiplash and... Yeah, Quiplash, Fibbage are all, the, all, they're all crack, on the yeah. Apple TV. So, Thomas? I've got a little bit of an amorphous one this week, but <clears throat> I suppose I, I, meant, I meant to me- mention it earlier in this episode. Um... But last episode, even though I was a little bit drunk when we were recording, um, actually profoundly affected me in terms of some of the advice you guys had. And that has had sort of really concrete uh, results, even this weekend. Um, So, Dave, I think it was you talking about kind of like 
build early and often. Would that be a fair summary? Uh, release early yeah. and often, yeah, or something so like that. So don't be yeah. kind of all perfectionist. So since last week, I've restarted a side project that I, I was doing with somebody that I had abandoned because I was just feeling useless about it. So I did loads of updates on that one uh, this weekend. And I started a second side project. Uh, and I might talk about <laughs> both of them next episode. Cool. But uh, definitely awesome. neither would have happened without the last po- podcast episode. So, yay. That's cool. I've done absolutely nothing, but that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. Um, you'll, <laughs> ha- you'll have a happy life. Um, yeah. No, that's great. Um, and I think I, I noticed a, a test flight invitation not too long ago. Yes. Um, fr- from you. So that's yeah. That will be installed, and feedback will be given, and the chaos monkey will be mercilessly deployed. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Get in again sometime in April um, and hopefully do some UI stuff with you. Cool. If you're yeah, I'm it. a bit stuck with the design on one of them. Um, Pay someone on Fiverr and just see what happens. Because I've tried, because I'm just bored. But do you like, know what's cheaper than Fiverr. Fiverr is Dave. Dave is like yeah. zero. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Hence um, your test flight. Beerer. Yeah. Um, but uh, like any time I've tried to get app design work done on Fiverr, it, they end up cancelling. Like it's been it's been a few times now, and it's just just hasn't happened. Sadly, oh dear. Um, but I'd be interested to see if you get anywhere with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm seriously, actually, I actually Fiverr credit, sucks so bad, man. I have credit on Fiverr from cancelled refunds that I haven't spent. So if you want me to do something like that, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to I'm happy to dish it out if you want a logo or something like that. You know. I think uh, of a tenor. Um, my track history with logos is not great. They tend to unsettle people. <laughs> <laughs> I like your logo for this. It's very simple. It's nice. Yeah, actually. It's just a letter, right? Just a letter yeah. or? Yeah. yeah. Lowercase. It's a nice font. It's not leaked. It's not very centered, though. though. Shut up, it is centered. Mr. Oh, unsettles me. Thomas found the exact center point um, <laughs> using the mass of each pixel, and it's centered according to the to the center of mass. If you assume that each pixel weighs one gram, there you go. It looks it looks like you centered on the left of Shut the Shut up. Why are you fucking criticizing me? Uh, Why'd you send us the app for? You might as well just send me an anonymous email now and get it over with. Uh, it was me all along. <laughs> <laughs> what you surprised me. Uh, I'm that passive aggressive <laughs> that I didn't, yeah, that I wanted to annoy you. Kind of work though. So I'm going to talk about more books. Yay! Um, and uh, a few of the emails actually mentioned that they're all they're going off to read the War of Art. So that is uh, hopefully a net benefit to society Yay. at the end of it all. Um, and 
I'm going to recommend one, but just by way of another. So a few years ago, I read a book, uh, The Rise of Superman, Decoding the Science of Ultimate Human Performance by Stephen Kotler. And so is this basically it was Superman as in Clark Kent or Superman as in like Nietzsche, U- Ubermensch, Superman? Like snowboarders, <laughs> um, basically. So Brilliant dancing. It's basically, it's about the rise. It's about the, the you know, it's basically how um, extreme sports are taking a kind of performance to the edge, but it's about the mental side of that and about essentially the concept of flow, which I think we're all we're all fairly familiar with. Um so they just talk about how um you know, just how that's the the, the, the kind of research has caught up with that and how people um you know you've uh, surfers and snowboarders and um skateboarders who've done amazing things you know the things that would be like no one's ever going to do a you know a this kind of a flip or whatever no one's ever going to be able to snowboard down that mountain and they've managed to do it and what have they actually you know um it's about you know the kind of the optimal state of consciousness and in which people perform best and it, they're just using it because sports, um, extreme sports, the the Red Bull kind of sports, seem to be the place where that's that's emerging. So that's the first one. And then this week, um, or the week after, um, yeah, actually no, late late February. So I'm only um, only getting to it now. They have a new book called Stealing Fire. So this is Stephen Kotler, but Jamie Whale is on that as well. So it's he co-author this time. How Silicon Valley, the Navy SEALs, and Maverick scientists are revolutionizing the way we live and work. So um, this is kind of piggybacks on the the concepts in the last book, but it's about um, harnessing rare and controversial states of consciousness to solve critical challenges and outperform the competition. So it's kind of like, you know, electrocuting your brain and using magnets on your 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 brain and stuff to to enhance your your cognition and your your abilities and stuff so i haven't read it fully but stealing fire um it's looking very interesting and you can kind of it's this book is one of the first things as well um that has kind of made me really aware of how mainstream podcasting has gotten because let's say i listen to um a few few podcasts and Either one of these guys that wrote the book has been a guest on at least eight podcasts that I've listened to, that I listen to regularly. So I'm, you know, I hope that isn't a thing now where a book is released and they do the podcast tour and you get, you know, because it's the same. I noticed um, a few other a few other books there recently from fairly high profile people. And it's just like my entire podcast feed for the week is just them um, giving the same interview eight times. So um, that would not make me happy if that's what if that's where book promotion and podcasting ended up. But so far, enjoying it. Um, don't know. Can I recommend the audiobook? I mean, it sounds good and all, but there's just a lot going on in this book, and I think the the print version might be better than the than the audiobook if you're if you want to get into it, if you want to harness your controversial states. Oh, I got a title there right at the end. <laughs> do you have a list Dave? like of what titles that you try and kind of snake in no i'm just naturally quotable uh, <laughs> like, you me are rubbish <laughs>